Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dawn, and today I'm back with another short review episode. For those of you who might be newer to the podcast, a review episode is just my very fancy name for a podcast episode that I record myself, where I go back and revisit an older anime title that I haven't seen in years, take some notes on what I might remember about it, and then go rewatch it to see if I still feel the same way about it as I did back in the day, since, you know, as we get older, sometimes our tastes change, or we pick up on things we didn't notice before, you know, all that stuff. Simple, right? Now, I know I usually run my podcast on a schedule where I'll do two longer episodes with a guest, and then one of these short review episodes. So you might be thinking, hey, isn't this supposed to be one of your longer episodes this month? Well, I've been pretty busy with various things these past few weeks, so sadly I had to make this month's episode a short one. But don't worry, I'm hopefully going to be back with another really fun, longer episode with a guest next month. Until then, I hope you'll enjoy this Halloween-themed fun-size episode instead. Now that that's out of the way, let's get on with the show. This being my October episode and my love for all things spooky, I decided to dig through my pile of old anime and find something that might be fun for a Halloween rewatch. While browsing through my titles, I came upon an anime that I'm pretty sure I only ever watched one single time, and have been meaning to revisit for years because I legitimately can't remember if I even liked it or not. And that's 1997's Twilight of the Dark Master. Now, you might be thinking, wait, if you can't remember if you even liked it or not, why do you own it? Well, this probably happened one of two ways. One, I bought the title based off of a review I read saying that it was pretty good. Or two, I found it on sale somewhere randomly for such a bargain that I figured I'd at least get enough out of it for a one-time watch for the price I was paying. Considering the era when this came out, it could easily be either one. But I like horror, and I like anime. And this was a release from Urban Vision, who had released titles like both Vampire Hunter D films and Pet Shop of Horrors in the U.S., so I probably had at least a little faith in them that it would be at least something that looked kind of cool. And that is something I vaguely remember, that this horror anime actually looked pretty nice. In fact, I distinctly remember thinking it had sort of a cyberpunk look to it, which, of course, was something I would have loved and wanted to check out. But other than that, uh, I've got nothing. (laughs) I don't remember the basic plot or anything about the characters, so I'm really looking forward to revisiting this one all these years later. And Halloween seems the perfect excuse to do it. So... Let's see if this one-shot 90s OVA is worth our time this spooky season in this month's rewatch.
Twilight of the Dark Master opens up with a narration that goes into a story about how, since the beginning of time, demons and beings known as Guardians were battling for control of the Earth. Demons wanting to seemingly destroy humanity and claim the Earth with Guardians, even though being of the same bloodline as demons, apparently, wanting to protect humanity from said demons. This sounds like the beginning of a fantasy anime or something, but no. We immediately cut to the far future instead, which looks like a remix of Blade Runner and X-1999, where a pharmaceutical company seems to be using an experimental drug to turn humans into demon-like monsters. One of these victims happens to be the fiancé of a woman named Shizuka, who barely escapes her fiancé-turned-monsters extremely bloody and visually gruesome attack right at the beginning of this OVA. After recovering physically from that bloody nightmare, mentally we see she's still extremely shaken and happens upon someone who can help her, who also just happens to be the very last guardian on Earth. A beautiful, silver-haired private investigator from... Neoshinjuku, named Tsunami, who happens to wield special powers, including the use of fire. It's up to Tsunami to get to the bottom of who is using these drugs to turn people into monsters, and to help Shizuka find the monster that used to be her lover and stop him once and for all. Now, there are two things I learned about while researching this episode that I thought were pretty interesting. Well, Technically, one of them I had known before, but I had just forgotten. Specifically, I remember a few years after I'd first watched this that Twilight of the Dark Master is actually based on a manga spin-off of a longer franchise by mangaka Saki Okuse. And this spin-off manga ran in a shoujo manga magazine. Wings Magazine, to be exact, which is the same magazine that ran manga like Earthian, Tokyo Babylon, and Eerie Query, just to name a few. Interestingly, the main manga series that this is a spin-off of called Kaien Majin, which can loosely be translated as Fire Demon, was an 80s action horror manga that ran in Monthly Burrs, a seinen manga magazine. It was apparently a cult hit with a wide variety of different kinds of readers, which makes me wonder if this was why they decided to run this spin-off in a shoujo magazine? Either way, I found it very amusing, as this anime is definitely not something you'd watch and immediately think, oh yes, this is definitely based on something that ran in a shoujo manga magazine. Further proving that shoujo is really a lot more varied than we tend to give it credit sometimes. The second thing I learned about Twilight of the Dark Master was something I actually had no idea about until this episode, which was that this anime was actually released in the U.S. before it was released in Japan. If you're a longtime fan and you listened to my episode about the Vampire Hunter D franchise way back when, you might remember that this wasn't the first time Urban Vision did something like that. When Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust was made, it was kind of a co-production between them and Studio Madhouse with an American release before a release in Japan. 
While not as heavily promoted as Bloodlust, for sure, it's kind of cool to think that this was a release we got almost a full year before Japan did, because in the 90s, that was fairly uncommon. Even in the late 90s, we were still usually waiting at least a year or two, if not longer, for an American release of a new anime, if we even got it at all, considering we definitely did not get practically every anime title licensed in the US like we do now. And it being backed by an American distributor makes a lot of sense, because this anime has a lot of things reminiscent of the stereotypical stuff in 80s anime that anime fans in America really loved, even going through into the 90s. I already mentioned the Blade Runner vibes earlier, which was huge with anime fans, and still is to some extent. But this is also an OVA chock full of body horror, violence, blood, Demons versus humans, weird drugs, 90s ideas of futuristic computers and technology, lots of boobs, a questionable relationship between what appears to be siblings, and a weird futuristic sex club where rich people seem to enjoy being plugged into what looks like is supposed to be virtual reality helmets while being tied up and even strangled by what looks like weird tentacles and clawed appendages? It makes me wonder if that's one of the reasons that this manga spinoff was chosen to be made as an OVA, with the production company thinking that all of these things would appeal to not just the Japanese fans of the original manga, but also to an American audience, considering what the market looked like in America at the time. They also had an American scriptwriter to help with the story, but I'll go more into details on that in a moment. And watching this 45-minute OVA now, I can immediately tell why I bought it. While the story is both too much going on and simply not enough, with pretty much zero character development, it's visually stunning and moody as hell. I mentioned earlier that one of the things it reminded me of immediately was the X-1999 film, and that's not a huge stretch considering that it was animated mainly by Studio Madhouse, who also handled the X movie. In fact, the character designs look so extremely X-like at times, I had to look up and double-check to see if they were done by Nobuteru Yuki, who did the character designs for the film. They weren't, but they were done by somebody who also worked on the X movie as well, which makes perfect sense. A lot of the characters have the broad shoulders, impossibly long limbs, and big glittering eyes of a clamp-based character design, but without clamp. Part of me even lamented that this wasn't what the old Tokyo Babylon anime adaptation looked like because it definitely had that kind of vibe going on throughout with all the supernatural powers and demons and big city private investigator stuff going on. The dark, shadowy mood lighting, the very 90s fashion, the monster designs, and the sparse, synthy soundtrack really drive home that you're 100% watching a supernatural horror thriller anime with a fairly mild Shadowrun flavor added to it. The story is almost secondary to all this, especially for those who have zero clue that this was connected to an already established series. 
it's not going to make a whole hell of a lot of sense. So you might as well just go along for the ride and admire all the work that went into the lovingly painted monsters and their visceral attacks on the residents of Neo Shinjuku, I guess. As I mentioned before, one of the scriptwriters for this OVA was an American writer named Duane Delamico, or at least I'm assuming he's American. When I was doing my research on him, I couldn't find a ton, though he was a graduate from UCLA's film and TV department. So I'm just going to go with him being American, unless anyone out there listening can point me in the right direction. Anyway... He hasn't got a ton of notable stuff under his belt, though prior to helping on Twilight of the Dark Master, he did write the script for a Taiwanese, Chinese, Japanese co-production film called Rakyo, aka The Setting Sun, a 1992 historical drama starring Masaya Kato, Diane Lane, Yuen Byo, and Donald Sutherland. Connections he made working in part with a Japanese production studio could be how he landed a gig working on an anime title. Other than that, most of the stuff he's written for seems to be indie films and web series, though apparently he is also one of the two writers credited for the novelization for James Cameron's 1994 film True Lies, which kind of amused me as it too is a very pulpy, weird 90s thing that is still kind of cool, and also probably has some story issues too. The other writer on this script was Tatsuhiko Urahara, who also wrote scripts for Pet Shop of Horrors, Mermaid Scar, Devil Hunter Yoko, and, surprise, the Tokyo Babylon OVA. He was also a production supervisor on the X movie as well, and wrote the screenplay for the OVA adaptation of the cult classic BL, Zetsuai 1989. The director of this OVA was Akayuki Shimbo, who you might also recognize as the director on New Hurricane Polymer, parts of Yu Yu Hakusho and Devil Hunter Yoko, although most younger fans will probably know him better as the director of Bakemonogatari and Sayonara Zetsubo-sensei. He also did key animation on the Tokyo Babylon OVA, as well as on the Urusei Atsura OVA and sixth film. Character designs were done by Hisashi Abe, who was also the assistant animation director on the X-movie, the animation director on Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust, and did key animation on Tokyo Babylon's OVA and Dirty Pair Affair on Nolandia. Abe was also Twilight of the Dark Master's animation director and drew a new piece of artwork specifically for Urban Vision's Collector's Edition release of the film on DVD in America. While the soundtrack to this OVA was pretty sparse at times, I really enjoyed what little it did have, and that's thanks to Keishi Arata, who did most of the music for it. It seems that he's mostly a synth artist, as he's credited as synth player on the soundtracks for things like Cowboy Bebop and Jinro. He also did music for Megazone 23 Part 3, and is credited as a sound architect for the Akira film. The ending theme, simply titled Twilight of the Dark Master, is especially great, 
And to my surprise, it was made by a German DJ and producer named Typesell. Sadly, it doesn't look like he's really active anymore, though I thought it was cool to see them use someone who, at the time this was made, probably had a bit of a following in the international club scene. I rewatched this OVA in Japanese, though I have heard that the dub for this one is actually pretty good. As far as the Japanese cast goes, we have Toshihiko Seki as Tsunami, who you may have heard before as Moose in Ranma 1/2, Yuri Maru in Ninja Scroll, Duo Maxwell in Gundam Wing, and Asagi from the X movie. Emi Shinohara plays Shizuka, but you probably know her better as Makoto Kino, aka Sailor Jupiter, in classic Sailor Moon, Biko in Project Eiko, Angel in The Big O, and Arashi in the X movie. The iconic Akira Kamiya plays Juan Long, as well as Shutaro Mendo in Urusayatsura, Kenshiro in Fist of the North Star, and Ryo Saeba in the City Hunter series. Urara Takano plays Shenlong, but you can also hear her in the Skebandeka OVA as Ayumi, Maria in Sakura Wars, and Tiger in the Saber Marionette J series. Hiroya Ishimaru plays Tenku, and he was also Shunsuke Sengoku in Cyber City Oedo, Koji Kabuto in Mazinger Z, and Tiger Ozaki in Ashtano Jo 2. Atsuko Takahara plays one of the forms of the main demon villain, but you might have heard her before as Neo's Gold in Ixer Reborn, Debonair in Magic Knight Rare Earth, and Kanoe in the X movie. As you can see, there's a ton of crossover in the animation and voice staff with both the X movie and Tokyo Babylon, which is probably one of the reasons it reminded me of both of those titles. So, as a fan of horror and anime, I have to say, this OVA is kind of my jam. <laughs> if you're like me and you grew up loving horror movies that looked cool, but might not necessarily be written all that great, 80s anime that were made up with heaps and heaps of Blade Runner inspiration, and endings that didn't answer any of the questions they set up, well, you might like this one too. It's a short, moody little OVA that would be great to put on during Halloween time when you're carving a pumpkin or decorating your house for the season, or you just want to chill with some really beautifully animated, dark and gritty 90s anime. I feel like this is a very, very specific audience within anime, but if you're one of those people whose ears perked up at any of those things I mentioned, it'd probably be worth checking out. And honestly, you don't have much to lose considering it's not even a full hour long. But fair warning, if you're not into horror or any of the stuff I listed earlier, like the body horror, the violence and blood, the random boobs, then you can safely just skip this one altogether. As a horror fan, I know that's not a genre that everyone likes, and that's totally fine. Especially considering that while this OVA is gorgeously animated, the content isn't going to be for everybody. 
This is a title that feels deeply rooted in the stereotypical 90s anime-is-all-sex-and-violence era mindset, and sometimes we still crave that pulpy weirdness that attracted many of us to anime back in the day. If you're looking for something way more lighthearted for Halloween, I'd recommend Phantom Quest Corps, which is a supernatural detective agency anime that's way more comedic than scary, and not nearly as much blood, gore, and other semi-questionable things present in Twilight of the Dark Master. The Tokyo Babylon OVA is also a lot less spooky and gory, but still has that cool 90s supernatural vibe going on, just a little less lavishly animated. But if you're a fan of stuff that's more bloody and lavishly animated, like the X movie, the Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust movie, or even the Devilman OVAs, you'd probably like this one a lot. And if you do watch Twilight of the Dark Master and wish it was even more cyberpunky, I'd recommend Cyber City Oedo 808, which has a kind of similar vibe and even a white-haired character, but totally cranked up to 11 and vampires instead of demons. Also, the dub of Cyber City Oedo is a hoot, and I totally recommend it. As of this recording, Twilight of the Dark Master is currently out of print, as Urban Vision closed up shop back in 2016. However, as of this moment, DVDs of the Collector's Edition release aren't really that hard to find and are fairly inexpensive. The DVD doesn't look too bad either, for how old it is, though I would love it if somebody was able to re-release this in a higher quality today. With the right treatment, I think the picture could really look stunning, though it doesn't look like there's been any newer releases of it in Japan. The last one I could find was a DVD release in 2008. Ironically, I found out that the spin-off manga that this was based on was actually translated and released in English by DMP Manga in 2005, but from the previews of the artwork and the reviews, it doesn't really look like it's worth picking up in my opinion. But if you watched this OVA back in the day and are curious about its origin, it's also pretty easy to find and fairly cheap. In fact, I think Right Stuff still has some copies, since I doubt it was ever really that popular, and it seems to go on sale quite frequently. I'll put a link in the show notes for those who are interested. It's also funny to note that in the original manga, this far-off future was supposed to take place in 2019, whereas in the anime, I think they bumped it up to the 2080s or the 2090s. Which is kind of funny. I guess it goes to show you how big of a gap there was between the manga's original release and when this anime came out. And that about wraps it up on this short review episode on Twilight of the Dark Master. Also, many thanks to those who left me tips this month on Kofi. Spooky Halloween thank yous to Ichi, England Prevails, and Paul F. Thank you all so much for your kind tips. If you want to get a shout out on the next episode of the podcast to be just as cool as they are, all you have to do is go to my Kofi account and leave me a tip of two or more coffees. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, which you can see at animenostalgia.blogspot.com, as well as at animenostalgia.tumblr.com, 
where you can also find other relevant links for this episode, as well as links to past episodes. You can also find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Just do a search for the Anime Nostalgia Podcast, and you can usually find it. And while you're there, you could always show my podcast some love by leaving a rating or a review. I always love seeing what people have to say about the podcast. Or if you want to send me your thoughts and comments directly, or you just want to say hi, you can always email me at animenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. It might take me a little while to get back to you, but I promise that I do read all the email that I get. The Halloween remix of my amazing theme song music was done by Carobit. You can find more about him and his music online at his Twitter, at Carobit. That's K-E-R-O-B-I-T. As always, I've been your host, Don, and I will see you next time. Woo! <laughs>